Live from the Big G's Pizza Studio on Clark Street, this is Five Songs with Friends, Chicago's Music Discovery Podcast. After moving to Chicago with a bunch of songs and a four-track recording, in 1999, Thomas Comerford founded and led the indie rock outfit Casper Hauser over a series of lineups and LP releases in the 2000s. By 2010, he was playing quote-unquote solo shows with a number of backing musicians and releasing his own LPs, including Archive and Spiral in 2011 and Number 2 in 2014. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Thomas Comerford here. Thomas, how's it going, man? Going well. How are you today? I'm great, man. I'm I'm excited to talk about you because uh, I always love when musicians kind of start out in a band and, and, and go solo. So tell me about that. What was going through your head when you made that decision? Yeah, I mean, it was um, a very practical decision, I guess, as much as anything else. Uh, if I... I had the ability to keep both projects going, you know, I certainly would have, but um, by uh, 2009, 2010, um, from playing uh, a lot of shows with Casper Hauser, there was a pretty solidified lineup in place uh, for that group, and I was the songwriter in that group, Um, you you know, that started out as you know, kind of the project where I would put everything when I started playing under the name Casper Hauser, and I did play with a, a lot of different backing musicians there. But, um, you know, by, you know, 2008, 2009, there was a regular group in place, and um, that was seemed to be going well, but then I, you know, felt like I was accumulating uh, a number of songs that that group, wasn't interested in playing or um, just didn't make as much sense for that group to take on. Um, so that led me to start thinking about, you know, starting a separate project in which I would, you know, work with this other material uh, that didn't seem appropriate for the guitar, bass, drum, you know, outfit. And I still love guitar, bass, and drum, and uh, that you'll hear that on pretty much everything I do. But um, I think by going solo, I, uh, you know, I basically even when I make a record, I work, you know, from song to song, you know, a different, um, uh, a different lineup of people, for example, might record on one or two songs, and then. Uh, on another song, it might call for a different kind of arrangement with different people. So uh, by going solo, it, you know, it's a lot more logistical, logistically challenging because I'm interested in working with different people all the time. And so that requires a lot more planning instead of just showing up at the practice space, you know, with um, the same four people all the time. Um but it's been kind of liberating to be able to think that way. And I've also started to do, uh, I take the same approach live now. So I have usually three or four different configurations of players that I'll perform with live, um, depending on the situation um, and the kind of material I want to focus on. 
So that's, it took a while to get to that point because it meant having to, you know, work with a lot of different people for a while and teach people, you know, my, my songs. But so, um, yeah, in a way, the solo thing was more designed as a studio, you know, a thing that, hey, Felix, uh, uh, it was an idea to get the, my studio situation ironed out so that I could kind of do whatever I wanted in the studio, but now that's also spilled out and it's affected how I'm approaching, you know, uh, my live, my live work as well. Interesting. Sense. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, can you kind of take me back? What? Because I know in your bio you mentioned you moved to Chicago, so you're not from here necessarily. But what was kind of going through your mind when you decided to make the move here? Was it kind of a jump to to take music more seriously, or what was kind of going going through your head back then? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've been writing songs and playing music, you know, back to my college days, which were seeming seemed to be quite a while ago at this point. Uh, and I mean, that was kind of my way in because I'd taken you know, piano lessons as a kid. I also took some guitar lessons for a little while uh, when I was uh, a teenager. And, um, you know, I was kind of into it, but I was also, you know, I felt a little... Uh, I don't know why, but I I couldn't get as excited about it. When I would get most excited when I was taking guitar lessons, for example, would be like, you know, I would buy like a Beatles seven inch record and bring it uh, to my teacher and say, I want to learn, teach me how to play Day Tripper or something like that. So it was like the theory and, you know, reading music, I was. I, at that point, I was able to do it, but that wasn't that interesting to me. I really, for better or worse, you know, it's like I had an impulse to to rock, <laughs> so and to try to emulate, you know, certainly emulate songwriting, but definitely through rock music. So uh, when I went to college, you know, I wasn't really playing for a while, and then when I went to college, I picked up a guitar and started you know, making up my own music. And that was sort of the entryway for me to start thinking about it in a different way. Um, and so, uh, you know, I kicked around for a while and then eventually I decided to go back to school and I studied, you know, film video and audio production. And, uh, and that's when actually I started writing songs more seriously. Uh, so by the time I moved to Chicago, um, after I finished up school in Iowa City, uh, I had all these songs that I had recorded, you know, on my four track. And I really wanted to, because I was not, uh, I didn't feel very comfortable or confident as a performer in a live uh, situation. I felt pretty good about the songs I was writing. So I used the move to Chicago as kind of a challenge to myself to try to step up my, my game and, uh, to trying to get more experience as a live performer. Um, and so that's, you know, that's been part of it. But then once I got, once I started getting immersed in this rich, huge, uh, you know, 
the scene here is just so there's so many people doing really amazing things in all different kind you know all different idioms of music um and so getting to know that has been you know I've been here 20 years now and I still feel like I'm maybe just beginning to scratch the surface and dig a little deeper uh to try to tap into you know what people are up to uh, so it's been exciting, and it's also offered lots of opportunities for collaboration um, when it comes to making my own music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the move to Chicago was really, uh, it happened to be where my partner and I got our got jobs after I finished up my schooling. Um, but it was a happy coincidence to me because I did want to be busier with my music. Um, and so, uh, you know, I made a concerted effort to sort of try to move forward with it. Um, I would say even in the last 10 years, um, I feel like I've gotten, I don't know, I feel pretty good about what I'm doing right now. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm struggling as much with, uh, how I'm dealing with what I'm doing. And I think part of that is just got having gotten to know so many people who are working in the studio and playing shows. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily anticipate that. Um, it was just by virtue of not stopping <laughs> and being kind of stubborn because I don't feel like I've always gotten, you know, a lot of attention or, um, uh, critical acclaim or whatever. I mean, it's out, it's there, but it's just like, uh, so I'm pretty stubborn about, you know, continuing to, to work. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and so I find a lot of, you know, I find a lot of value in, you know, my process now. And, um, the biggest thing that's changed is probably my level of comfortability with live performing live is, uh, and I enjoy it a lot now. Uh, and, um, so that's been kind of cool to see happen and have happened. Awesome, man. Well, so we have a song today called Lord of the Flies. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this song real quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, this was a song I, it's, I wrote it a while back and, um, and I often will accumulate songs and not necessarily, you know, record and release them right away. So actually, you know, when I was trying to do my solo band and Casper Hauser for a few years, um, I think both groups were playing the song and they each approached it very differently. So I did end up releasing, uh, you know, some songs from a Casper Hauser session a few years ago, you know, about three or four years after it had been recorded. And it was sort of a, you know, that band tended to be louder. Um, and uh, and that turned out well, I thought. But then, you know, when I would work with a solo band, it was just a very different vibe. Uh, and so, you know, I had the opportunity to record the song again uh, and work up a very different arrangement with backing three-part backing vocals and, you know, just the the approach of the musicians I was working with was 
was different. Uh, I was kind of trying to emulate maybe uh, Blonde on Blonde era Bob Dylan, uh, among other things, um, uh, in sort of coming up with an arrangement. Um, and then the song itself, uh, I read a book called Devil in the White City, which is a, uh, a crime fiction book about a serial killer who was kind of stalking the, um, the Columbian Exposition in Chicago uh, in the late 19th century. J.J. Um, uh, Holmes was his name. Anyway, that book um, kind of made me think about, I don't know, that that persona or that character that was in that story. Uh, and then I was also thinking on some sense about uh, different kinds of monsters, movie monsters, um, these sort of outcast-type figures. Um, so... There was a lot of different impressions, I guess, that sort of filtered into uh, filtered into the lyrics of the song. Um, but um, mm-hmm. so the you know that and that tends to be how I write lyrics. I sort of do a lot of writing over a longer period of time, and then when I you know I come up with melodies first uh, when I write songs. So I have usually melodies in some sense of the arrangement before I have any of the words. Uh, so as some of these ideas, I was just talking about the story of J.J. Holmes and ideas about movie monster outcasts and things like that, you know, that sort of gets constructed into the melodies that I've already written. Mm. Um, Interesting. So that's, uh, I guess that's a lot, but, you know, uh, that song has kind of evolved, and you know, uh, I do enjoy the idea of when I work with different people that something can be transformed, something that's written can be transformed. And so, in a way, I never think of a song as entirely fixed, even though there might be a recording out there uh, that makes it sound one particular way. I, and that's what is exciting about doing a live thing or and or you know taking a song that you might have done already and then rethinking it yeah so for sure I was able to do i was able to do that with this with this song cool well let's jump into it let's play it this is a song called lord of the flies by thomas comerford Cast down from the sky Walk with the people on the ground And no one saw me coming No one suspected a thing Thank you. 
Thomas Comfort. So, uh, tell me, man, you you got a tour coming up uh, in June here. You're you're playing kind of your um, uh, coming home show on the 28th, June 28th, at Hungry Brain. Uh, do you want to tell yeah. us real quick about that? Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to do uh, nine shows in nine days at the end of June, which um, I'm uh, very excited about. I don't get to tour as much as I would like. I had to plug in my phone. Uh, I don't get the tour as much as I would like because of work and family and things like that. So, but I do, you know, I think it's something of value. I really, uh, I want to do it and I, I think it's important to do. Uh, and I'm excited because I was, I've been able to put together a group for the tour, um, whom uh, all of whom I've played with before, but um, uh, they're all great players and singers. My friend Crystal uh, Hartford is going to be singing with me on the tour. She sings a lot of the backing vocals on the Blood Moon album. Uh, my friend Kip Rainey is going to play electric guitar. Uh, and he uh, normally plays mandolin in a group called the Golden Horse Ranch Band, but he's a uh, fantastic guitar player as well um and uh and then the drummer uh who's coming out with me on the road is uh he's been playing a lot of shows with me over the last year um even though he's not on the record he's got really great feel uh for the material so uh, i'm excited uh to have that in place and then uh, there's a bass player named Dan Engine Throne, who's uh, I've done some shows with over the years, and um, so I'm I'm ecstatic about uh, the caliber of people that I'm bringing with me, um, and so that you know we'll have played by the time we get back to Chicago, we'll have played eight eight shows in the span of the previous eight days, you know, and we're practicing a bit over the next month, so. I think it should be a really fun show and a, a great opportunity to hear what will be kind of a unique lineup that I've put in place for the 
for the tour shows. Awesome. Well, so how can people stay in touch with uh, you um, regarding tour dates or and things like that? What's the best way to find all that? Yeah, I have a site. It's just thomascomerford.net. And um, I have a Facebook page, Thomas Comerford Music. I have a YouTube channel. Um, so if you just search for me on YouTube, you can find I have uh, a number of videos up for uh, songs that I've released. And actually, I'm still working out the details of this, but uh, there is going to be a music video for Lord of the Flies that will be launching at some point um, in the next month before the tour. So if you dug what you heard on that and you want to see uh, a filmed interpretation of it, um, that's going to be happening um, uh, soon. And then... Um, and then my music is, I make a point to try to get my music up everywhere. So you can search me on any streaming service um, and find my music. Um, and of course, I, I'm partial to old media. I always, last couple records, I've made a point to press vinyl. Uh, and so I have physical media for those who still are interested in that sort of thing. Awesome. And you can you can find me on Bandcamp uh to buy those kinds of items if if you so desire. Cool. Great stuff, man. Well everyone be sure to check out uh Thomas's website for uh for all those tour dates and uh be sure to come by on June twenty ninth at Hungry Brain to see his farewell stop here in Chicago. Thomas, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Just uh it's June twenty eighth. So oh, what did I say? Did I twenty nine. Oh, oops. Don't it's, go on June 29th. Cool. You will see no music from Thomas Comerford at Hungry Brain on that date. However, I'm sure there's somebody excellent playing on the 29th. Right. Shout but... out Hungry Brain. But yeah, June 28th. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, no problem. Cool. Good stuff, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for talking to me. Appreciate it.